In our text today, we see how the demands of life pressed in upon Jesus. We find Jesus is in Capernaum, and Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law. And that night, after the word about the healing gets out, everyone gathers around Simon's house. The whole city's there. Everyone's coming, pressing in from every side. Now, I can just picture it. Everyone's calling out Jesus' name, trying to touch the hem of his garment. People are pressing in, trying to touch Jesus. How did Jesus deal with that pressure of daily demands? And how do we deal with it? How do we deal with it? Well, think about that for a moment. How do we deal with those pressures of daily demands? Well, you know, one of the most serious problems we face today, and I think you will all agree, is the problem of burnout. The problem of burnout. Burnout is when you give and give and give without ever refreshing, renewing, or restoring. You just keep pouring it out, and nothing ever comes back. And at the end of all of that, you come up empty. And you not only come up empty, you end up at that place of exhaustion which is beyond empty. That's burnout. Exhaustion beyond empty. But there's an alternative to burnout, and that alternative is balance. Balance. You see, if we don't stop to take the time to build balance in our lives, and we give and give and give without ever refreshing, renewing, or restoring, we end up exhausted beyond empty. I have a number of gauges in my car. You know, when I see that my gas gauge is almost empty, I know that I still have about 50 miles that I can drive. I can still get to the nearest gas pump. But let me tell you, when that oil light goes off, we all know what that means. You stop right then. Because when the oil light goes off, it means that if we keep on driving... We're going to get to that place where we burn out and burn up. And we don't want to be at that place. We don't want to be at that place. So, building balance in our lives is more than just something nice. It's necessary for everyone who faces daily demands. How do we build in that balance in our lives? And how does Jesus lead us today? Well... Let's explore how Jesus would lead us into that blessing of balance. Let's take a look at three steps that Jesus shows us that can help us to find balance in our text today. As usual, if you'd like to follow along, there should be a sermon outline printed in your bulletin for your convenience. Or if you prefer, you can follow along with a PowerPoint presentation. Let's begin then with the first step. The first step is to find a quiet place. The first step is to find a quiet place. We see today how Jesus started out to build balance. He went to a quiet and lonely place and there he prayed. All night people were demanding things of Jesus. But Jesus went out to a quiet and lonely place and there he prayed. A quiet place with a quiet time to be alone with God. Do you have a quiet place 
where you can be alone with God. You know, David tells us in Psalm 23, he leads us beside the still waters to restore our souls. He leads us beside the still waters to restore our souls. In stillness, God restores our souls. So, do you have that quiet place in your life where you can listen to God and talk to God and be in prayer? You know, sometimes prayer is more than just talking or listening. Sometimes it's just being with God. Sometimes it's so good to just be, to just be with God in those quiet places. And you know, all of us need to have those quiet places. Now, if you don't have that quiet place in your life, then get that place. Jesus needed that place, and so do we. Quiet time. How much time is good for quiet time? How much time do you need for quiet time? Well, it should be time enough to let your soul slow down, time enough to center in your Savior, time enough to listen to God, and to listen to your own heart. Now, I don't know how much time that takes you, but however much time it takes, that's the amount of quiet time you need. Now, let me suggest that if you haven't got quiet time, a good place to start is 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Someone might say, but preacher, I can't slow down in 10 minutes. That's not near enough quiet time for me to get close to God and to listen to my soul and listen to my Savior. Someone else might say, you know, preacher, I don't have 10 minutes. With all the demands of my day, I don't have 10 minutes to give. I want to recommend that you find 10 minutes to give to yourself and to God. Let me tell you, if you'll give that 10 minutes to yourself and God, that 10 minutes will grow. It'll become so precious to you that you'll expand that time. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. If you give your time over to God, you'll grow that time in your life. And you know, it'll bring such a blessing because it will help build balance in your life. So, the first step to building balance in our lives is to find a quiet place. A quiet place, quiet time. That's the first step. That's the first step. And that brings us to the second step. The second step is to clarify our purpose. The second step is to clarify our purpose. Now, when Jesus is in that quiet place, he's able to become clear about his purpose. Notice that while Jesus is in that quiet place, Simon Peter comes and finds him and tells him, you need to come back because everybody's looking for you. You need to come back and perform more healings and more miracles and keep on doing what they need you to do. Come back. Come back. But Jesus said to him, we must go on to the other towns as well, for I must preach to them too. That's why I came. That's why I came. When Jesus is in that quiet place, he's not only able to center in on God, 
He's also able to center in on what's important, on what's a priority, and what God would have him do in the world and in his life. You see, we need to find that quiet place and ask God to show us what's important for us to be doing today and what are the true priorities what are the true priorities of our lives. You see, Jesus was able to separate the urgent from the important by finding a quiet place. Demands are always urgent. Anytime someone makes demands of you and calls out your name, it's urgent. But is it important? Is it something that will forward the purpose that God has for you to be doing today? Think about that. Is it something that will forward the purpose that God has for you to be doing today? What's really important for you? You know, the late Stephen Covey was one who was able to help people separate what's urgent from what's important. He suggested that we begin by by, uh, uh, organizing our time. In other words, he said that we should find balance. And we find balance by organizing our time, our priorities. Learning to separate the urgent from the important. And that's what Stephen Covey tells us to do. So, how can we do that? How can we separate the urgent from the important? Well, you know, we need to do that by setting priorities. By separating what's urgent from what's important. And that's not not always easy to do, is it? It's not always easy to do. We have so many things on our plate, it's easy for us to mix up the two. And you know, there comes a time in life when we have to separate the urgent from the important. There comes a time in life when we have to say no to the things that are good and worthy and worthwhile so that we might say yes to the things that are truly important. Let me repeat that. If you don't hear anything else I say this morning, this is the most important point. And there are times in life when we have to say no to the things that are good and worthy and worthwhile so that we might say yes to the things that are truly important. You know, if you're sitting here this morning thinking to yourself, I can't remember a time that I've ever said no to another person's request then this may be the time that you need to start organizing your priorities. It may be the time that you need to be clear about your priorities. You know, Oprah Winfrey once said, I've learned along the way that I can't have everything, I can't do everything all at the same time. It's about setting boundaries. Setting boundaries are what you say yes to and what you say no to, where you let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. And boundaries can bring balance to life. They can bring balance to life. You know, that's about saying yes to some things and no to other things. That's about boundaries. Jesus said, that's why I came. That's why I came. He was clear about his boundaries. He was clear about what to say yes to 
and what to say no to. You see, Jesus was saying no to Capernaum so that he might say yes to the rest of Galilee. And you know, he was setting boundaries and moving forward with his life. Do you know how to set boundaries in your life? Think about that. Do you know how to set boundaries in your life? Well, the first step is quiet place. Quiet place. And the second step is to clarify our purpose. To clarify our purpose. And that brings us to the third and final step. The third and final step is constant practice. Constant practice. You know, the demands that face us come every day, don't they? They come every day. They're regular. And just as the demands are regular, so our routine for restoring balance needs to be regular. Needs to be a healthy, holy habit each and every day. I can guarantee you that as Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, as he traveled throughout Galilee, that that scene repeated itself over and over again. In almost every city that Jesus entered to heal people and perform miracles, they always wanted him to stay. They always wanted him to stay. I can guarantee you. And I can also guarantee you that he always said, I need to move on. I need to move on. It was a constant practice. A constant practice to build balance every day. We need to have balance in our lives. Jesus needed that balance, and so do you and me. We need to have that balance. I want to close with a true story. You know, several years ago, I served as an interim pastor at a church in South Houston called Cokesbury United Methodist Church. Now, the pastor, the senior pastor, had taken a break for a couple of months. He was what we call on sabbatical. And while he was gone, I was filling in for him. One morning, I was sitting in my office, and a middle-aged lady who had been a member of the church for quite a while came into my office. Her name was Candy. I said, Candy, have a seat. Good morning. And she said, well, Pastor Darrell, I don't want to take up your time, but I would like to ask you a question. I said, sure, Candy, go ahead. What's the question? And she said, well, I'm a little bit embarrassed to ask this because I don't quite know how to ask it. And I said, well, go ahead. Don't feel embarrassed. Go ahead and ask the question. And so this is what she said. She said, Pastor Darrell, how do you pray? Pastor Darrell, how do you pray? Now, I could have suggested that she read any number of excellent books on prayer, such as the one we're using for our core groups, Moving Mountains. I could have directed her to any number of excellent Bible studies on prayer and excellent DVDs on prayer. But you know what? I didn't do that. I didn't do that. You know why? Because I believe that sometimes we can spend so much of our time studying about prayer that we never actually get around to doing it. We never actually get around to doing it. So instead of directing her to a book or a Bible study or a DVD, this is what I said. I said, Candy, you just start talking to God like you would speak with your best friend. 
Pour out your heart to God. Share with God all of your hopes and dreams, all of your fears and failures. Share it all with God because God already knows your mind and your heart. You speak with God every day like you would speak with your best friend. And the more you do that, the more natural it will become. She smiled and said that she would, and then she got up and left. But that's not the end of the story. A little over a month later, she came back into my office, and she was beaming with joy. She explained to me that she had tried what I had suggested. And she said she not only felt comfortable praying by herself, she now felt comfortable leading others in prayer. Practice makes perfect, folks. And what's true for prayer is just as true when it comes to building balance in our lives. You see, the more we practice doing that, the more natural it will become. The more natural it will become. Well, in conclusion, quiet place, clarified purpose, constant practice, moving forward and building the blessing of balance in our lives, caring for ourselves so that we might care for others. That's balance. That's balance. Whoever has the ears to hear, let that one hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen.